everybody. I'm Josh Gammon. I'm Andrew Nichols. I'm Garrett. And I'm David Prock. Garrett does not want to be known by the public, apparently. I'm a a mystery. And this is so many sequels. Um, We're going to talk about Christmas today. We've been talking about Christmas all month, and we'll continue to do so. What if we just continued to do so forever? You know what? We're in charge here. I would have no problem with that. You wouldn't. You're around. um, Yeah, you're around. You guys want to do it? I'll I'll look it up. You know, uh, you know, I'll figure out the logistics of how long we could make that sustainable. I think uh, it would be a fun pro- a fun quarantine project. I would like at least to know the math, like how one how, a week. Yeah, it'd be fun to know, one like a week or one a month. Hit me with the data. We'd have to be one of the few year-round Christmas movie review podcasts. <laughs> We'd have, so uh, but much. no, we will just do it through Christmas. Um, we've so far covered. Uh, well, first we did like a special episode where we debated all of. The Rules of Christmas Movies, you can find that uh, on our YouTube channel or podcast feed. Um, we all came up with different rules and like criteria to determine what actually is a Christmas movie. Because you know, there's some movies people argue about. Your diehards, really, that's the only one. There's others, though, that are like, you know, a little more down the line. We had a very spirited argument about White Christmas and um, Die Hard and... Uh, there was another one in there that I can't remember, but uh, White Christmas was a surprise. So go yeah, back. I, I oh, appreciate yeah, everybody's argument for Die Hard, but I'll just be permanently <laughs> against it, or permanently against it, and firmly against it. <laughs> let me let me also I have, say have good rules. I don't want I don't want this to turn into a part two of that podcast, but I did see Die Hard again recently, uh, for the first time in a long time, and in a new mindset of okay, I'm going to look at this. Like mm. it's a Christmas movie and see what I come away with. And I got to say definitively not a Christmas movie. Oh, interesting. Interesting. However, however, there is a lot of Christmas in it. There's a lot of Christmas in it. But it's definitely a, an action movie set at Christmas time, just like <laughs> Batman Returns and, and the other movies we talk about in that episode. Yeah. So, so can I just say something? Go ahead and drive. Watch the, would you want to watch this movie at any point in time of the year? Or would you want to just watch it at Christmas? Personally, I think I'd want to watch it at any point in time because it is an excellent action movie. Mm-hmm. It's very fun. I don't think it needs to be Christmas time, and I don't think the Christmas parts of it take away from the action movie part of it. So, you know, I don't want to watch Home Alone in July, but I'd watch Die Hard. That's awesome. Well, Home Alone is just child. It's just Die Hard for for children. Hey now. <laughs> I mean, when that's, you really think that's about kind of true, but it has a little bit more Christmas going for it. I mean, okay. Yeah. <laughs> the point of this episode, though, is we're going to talk about a brand new movie. Santa has been helping us pick out our movies this year. He's been having us wish, wish I may, wish I might, for whatever movie we each want to cover. That's right. Um, David's was a Muppet, the Muppet Christmas Carol, which yeah. you can also find on our podcast feed and YouTube channel. And this week we're doing mine, which is Jingle Jangle. Jingle Jangle. Jangle. We're going to talk about Netflix's Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey, I think mm-hmm. it's called. Um, just came out this year, so a brand new movie. Um, pretty fun cast. You've got um, Forrest Whitaker mm-hmm. as uh, the excellently named Jeronicus Jangle. Mm-hmm. Keegan-Michael Key, um, Felicia Rashad, Ricky Martin, and then um, I thought a really incredible performance from the young uh, journey madeline mills who mm-hmm. this is her first movie role 
Yes. So this movie, like I said, came out this year, was written and directed by David E. Talbert, who, when I looked through his filmography, was surprised to see that this is the second Christmas movie he directed. One person will have their ears perk up for what his last movie was, and it was El Camino Christmas. What? Wait a minute, what? Are you on this show? No, I'm just kidding. I'm listening. (laughs) I just wanted to see your reaction. I was surprised. No. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Yeah. That's all. The writer and director of this movie also directed El Camino Christmas, another Netflix original movie, and before that, the movie Almost Christmas. Um... So his, his last three movies were, were Christmas movies, which is fun. That's like becoming his thing, I guess. Um, so obviously, this is a movie that none of us have seen before. One of the few times it is okay for Andrew to tell us he's never seen a particular movie. <laughs> um, unlike last week. Unlike last week. What a fiasco. Which you can find a, a fun video of on our social media channels if you haven't seen it. <laughs> so... Since this was my pick, I will go ahead and start. I picked this movie because, one, it's brand new, and I mm-hmm. think it's always good to get some brand new Christmas movies into the mix because people often fall back on classics, and that's great, and there's nothing wrong with that. But new movies give us the opportunity for new classics down the line if they end yeah. up being good enough. And to see how um, things are changing. It, yeah, exactly. So I wanted to make sure we got at least one new Christmas movie. And I think we might have another if I, if I think hard enough, but we'll see. Um, and I'd been seeing the trailers pop up on Netflix or trailers. It's always popping up on Netflix when I'm scrolling through. And, and finally I decided, you know what? Let's watch it. Um, I thought it was very good. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. I was actually, I don't know if I only half paid attention to the trailers or if it wasn't really clear in it, but I was, I didn't even realize it was a musical straight up. So that was fun. Um, I thought it had a great message. Mm-hmm. I thought it had great performances. The environment, the atmosphere of the movie was really cool. Um, Jangles or Geronicus's, that's a hard word to say, Geronicus's <laughs> toy workshop was really cool and magical and like a place that you could see a kid in particular being like, I want to, I want to go to there. That's really cool. Um, mm-hmm. Keegan Michael Key, a really fun villain, but not one that's who's too scary. And just overall, <clears throat> overall, a very good Christmas movie. Um, I liked it. A lot of whimsy and magic, which is always fun. And the songs I thought were really catchy and well written. So. It's not time to rate the movie yet, but seal of approval from me. Andrew, what did you think of uh, Jingle Jangle? Yeah, Andrew. So I have opinions about it. Oh, my. Uh Uh-oh, go ahead, Andrew. Go for it. Well, going into this movie, I mean, it's obvious. I mean, none of us have really seen it. And I didn't know what to think of it. Um, But upon my first reaction, I... My reaction to it was, oh my God, this is amazing. This is such so good. It really is. And I it really is. Like it's a good movie. And yeah, you're right. Yeah, Josh, you're right. Like I did not know this was a musical. And when that first when that first number came up and they started they started singing and everything started coming alive, it's like, 
this is really good. And then after that first song, I was kind of, it's kind of like Rocket Man in the sense of like that first, that first musical number, Mm -hmm. that first musical number in Rocket Man really kind of enraptures you and takes you by surprise. And from right then and there, you don't know where this is going to go. Mm-hmm. You don't know where it's going to take us. It's going to tell us through song, at least some of it anyway. And that's great. And yes, the songs were surprisingly very catchy. I also did not know. I also didn't know, like, I, I, I also didn't know, like, Keenan, when Keenan Michael Key showed up as, as the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> as the villain yeah that took me by surprise i'm like whoa like okay so no you're used to him playing yeah. a bad guy yeah yeah keegan's oh, always I, great keegan's always yeah. great yeah. And, and and yeah he was good in that he was good in that um but like uh one thing that i i kept like kind of i kept kind of like looking over was the set design the set yeah. design yeah. and the costume design was fantastic Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. there's this, there's a lot of like good elements to this movie. It looks like a little magical Christmas village. It <clears throat> does, and it reminds me a lot of like, it reminds me a lot of like the time that we went to Harry Potter World, and mm. it was just, it was just like yeah. it's so it's such of like an artistic creation. Yeah, and you could it's got definitely, some Diagon Alley vibes. Yeah, and 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 I I definitely got that vibe a lot. And I'm like, man, this is a great movie. It's so imaginative. It's really fun to watch. And you could easily watch this over and over again. And you did. I watched it twice. No. I would have believed you. No, I did not watch it twice. But like, there were some parts that I, there were some parts that I backed up. And like, I, I'm like, I have to listen to that song again. That song was really good. Especially that end song. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's my two cents. Okay. Next, Garrett. Hey, here we go. go or... Wow, Andrew called on me. You want to go? You want to go? Yeah. I too was uh, unaware of what really this movie was. Um, I didn't know it was a musical, so I walked into it and uh, was before the musical hit. Was really sucked into the world. Um, I really liked. I also said that it gave me this like steampunkian Harry Potter magical Christmas world that I was like, oh, I I really like what they have shown me so far visually, um, whether it's the costumes or the sets. I also am a, like a big steampunk like fan of that style, uh-huh. and and with the gears and and the mechanical aspects of this whole movie the incorporation of that really kind of got my attention. I was like, Oh wow, this is good. And then that first song hit. And I, I think I threw my arms in the air and said, this is a musical. And I didn't know. And I was very excited. Um, and from there, it just continued to build and build and build. And I agree that the performances were great. Um, the, the voices were very strong. Um, it was just a really enjoyable movie to watch it hit me in the feels several times um i i really was surprised uh with how much i liked it i think i think i have the i was really surprised when i watched the christmas chronicles and enjoyed it as much as i did this surpassed what i what i had with that 
I was so blown away by how much I enjoyed this. Um, yeah, I'll continue. I, I really, um, enjoyed a lot of elements to it. Um, like yeah, the Josh, Andrew, Garrett, you all pointed out, it has this sort of like, um, otherworldly setting right like it's a time that never existed sort of victorian kind of like maybe like a mix between england and america you have characters with british accents you have characters with american accents well and it helps that it's to keep in mind that this is also a story being told and i know that it's like a a true story but like it starts off as like a storybook thing so it gives you that storybook wonder right and and then it comes back full circle later but like at that beginning that world really helps by the fact that you think it's just a story. Right. Yeah. It opens up Felicia Rashad, uh, as, uh, this older grandmother, she's talking to her grandkids and, uh, she's introducing the story of the greatest inventor <laughs> ever, right? Geronicus, uh, Jangle. And, uh, apparently I'm the only one that actually like actually paid attention to some of the uh, promotional material. Cause I knew it was a musical going in. Um, the thing I didn't know was I didn't realize that like there was not going to be any Santa Claus element to it. I thought that based on what I had seen in the trailers, Geronicus was like, going to be like the head toy maker mm-hmm. for Santa at the North pole. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, everybody else in the movie were like elves and stuff. Okay. So, you know, you can't say that <clears throat> I can't say that I paid total attention to it, but I did realize going in that it was going to be a musical. So I was expecting that element. Um, I think the performances are good. I think there were two really great songs. And then I thought that some of the other songs did their part. Kind of, It was kind of like Muppet Christmas Carol last week where that's a musical. And the songs are good and they do their part, but not all of them necessarily stand out. Um, but um, I'm come, um, gosh, what was the name of that? What was the name of that song towards the end? Um, where they were singing about putting us back together, I think. It was oh, the with the daughter and Forrest Whitaker? Yeah, make I'm going to make it work. Well, that was dynamite. It was dynamite. I would listen to that um, by itself. Um, That said, uh, I thought that the overall message was really good. I feel like some of the elements towards the end um, maybe were a bit too, like, kind of just kind of what I expected. I guess, but that's not really a movie's fault. That's just, I've seen a lot of Christmas movies, so you kind of know how a lot of these things are going to pan out. But I guess, to, in it, here, here's what I'm going to say. In an effort to be uh, a different voice, I'll, take, I'll, I'll pick on some, some elements that I didn't care, that didn't think worked very well. Um, I thought that the... I thought that the... I'm having a hard time really thinking of exactly how I want to put any of this. So I struggled with it at the, at first, I kind of felt like the music early on to me, it felt very like, like YouTube cover, uh, waiting to happen. You know, there was a lot of, um, it gave me a lot of, and this is, I've seen this other places on, so this is not original. It gave me a lot of greatest showman vibes where the music feels really tailored towards a different style of movie than what the rest of the movie presents. Um, And I think that's okay, but just right off the gate, I was like, okay, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of sort of contradictory elements here. The showmanship is way high, 
but the that mood, everything else around it is sort of, I don't know, it just didn't quite mesh every at, at, at every level. Um, I thought that the music at a lot of places was better than the story itself. I feel like this movie's enhanced by the music um, as opposed to being a really great story on its own. Sorry, I'm getting messages over there. Um, but I still, at the end of the day, kind of found this to be one of the more enjoyable recent Christmas movies I've ever seen. Um, I thought that the, uh, I thought the second child that was around Edison was kind of superfluous. Um, it just, he just felt like the, the character just kind of existed to be another character for the kid to interact with for, for, for Madeline, uh, was, is it Madeline Mills yeah. for her to interact with? So, um, you know, I, I felt like there were some things that, that could have gone better. I feel like the movie maybe runs a little bit longer than it needs to. Runs it about right at two hours. I think it probably could have shaved like 10 minutes off and been fine. But to speak to what you guys are saying, Forrest Whitaker, really good. Keegan-Michael Key, really good. Um, I was disappointed Anika Nani Rose didn't do a little bit more in this movie. Um, it feels like his daughter goes away, and it feels like that's a big part of the story. She goes away, and then she just like doesn't come back until like 15 minutes before the end of the movie. Um, and I thought that they could have done a little bit more there. But that, but you know, I mean, at the end of the day, I really enjoyed myself. Um, I, early on, I kept telling myself, I gave, I kept giving myself the tenant uh, 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 line. I just like, don't try to understand it. Just, just feel it. All right, just, just feel uh, the the music and feel the 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 attitude that they're going with. Uh, it was, you know, so there's there's a lot of cool here uh, overall. Yeah, there's a lot of story. There's a lot going on in the movie. So I would agree that there's probably opportunities to shorten it a little bit because of, because of the fact that there's so much story. There are parts of it that aren't maybe given the attention it needs, such as you mentioned the part with Journey where that losing his, his daughter is clearly an important part of him and it doesn't, it's not resolved for a long time. So I, I can understand that. I think it could have been done a little better. But again, these are nitpicks. Mm-hmm. Um, I would agree that Edison is kind of just there to be a sidekick for Journey, which is, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, it's kind of it's kind of nice at moments, I think, especially in the scene where they meet Buddy for the first time and they, you know, fizzy lifting drink up to the ceiling. Yeah. It's fun to have him <laughs> fight it a little bit and be like, ah, what's happening? And she's like, just believe. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, Christmas sap times a thousand. Um so those those parts of it are fun. Um, I also thought that um, I see now. I'm trying to figure out how to say this because, like, some of the some of the things you want to nitpick are like, how do I say in a way it doesn't sound like I have a problem with this? I think yeah. it's the, more so. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to. I'm, I'm just trying to spitball out other. Other, you know anything that we could talk about because yeah you know, we could praise it all day i'm just trying to uh, spitball out some things that we could, the, we could talk about adult uh, gustafson who is mm-hmm. keegan michael key i think that he his story ended a little too easily in some ways mm-hmm. um i would have liked to see that uh, have a little more friction i think mm-hmm. um 
Because, you know, they, they pretty quickly, like, prove it wasn't him, and then he's arrested, and then it's like, hey, and I was going to give you this the whole okay. time. And so it's it's kind of tied in a bow a little too fast, mm-hmm. but that's, you know, that's okay. That's, yeah, mm-hmm. It's okay. I, I, I It's not that worth getting upset about, but... No, no, no. No, it's, 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 it's just... What are ways you could tweak some dials to improve it even more? Um, mm-hmm. I definitely agree with the Greatest Showman vibes. That I ex- I have expected Andrew to say that, and he went with Rocket Man instead, which which threw me for a loop as usual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that it might was be very more timely reference. Like it's very like, Greatest Showman-y in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. The whole like, mm, it's kind of like a pop pop show tunes mm-hmm. in, like you said, an environment that almost doesn't match it in some ways and not in a bad way just in a surprisingly good yeah in a way that kind of highlights that element of music yeah because you know you don't when when you see like in the greatest showman when you see like this circus setting you don't necessarily expect um yeah some of the some of like the stomp pop you know uh vibes that come out of that and you get some of that here and even the 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 large group of like choreography that they had and they're doing like these kind of like sort of hip-hop influence dance moves with it and mm-hmm. I, and it's great but I, i'm just pointing out like the kind of contradiction that those yeah. have and you you pointed out make it work is a good song i agree it's very good i also wanted to point out um keegan michael key's solo magic man g which oh, yeah, was a yeah. lot of a lot of fun really got to show him have some fun and show off his he's got like a growly kind of voice which yeah. was fun and he's yeah. got he's got some moves, you know. Yeah. I've never seen him do this kind of work, and that was fun. And oh, yeah. then I gotta I gotta compliment um, Journey's solo song, her first one, uh, "Square Root of Possible," mm. which yeah, I had is in, with this. it's in, well, it's incredibly corny, but <laughs> I'm I'm I eat that up with a big ladle. Um, yeah, I'm here for that, but yeah. it is. Very corny, but I think it it's like walk it walks the tightrope for me. <laughs> yeah, it it's, it has it's not it doesn't quite fall off. I yeah, felt inspired by it almost. It it's it definitely nonsense. it definitely Where sounded like it definitely sounded like an inspirational song, and that's all you need. Uh, yeah. uh, we can talk later. We can talk some other time about an episode of Thirty Rock that proves that <laughs> if song song if a song sounds inspirational, uh, it will have the desired effect. But, right. Well, I mean the um, the. The square root of possible is me is nonsense. Doesn't make a lick of sense. I'm so glad that we but, agreed on that. It, it, it happened, it's nonsense, and that's when fine. You said it, Nikki and I. We looked at each other. We just kind of went, "Oh, I feel like they thought that was really clever, and it just kind of doesn't work." Now, like moments later in the song, she says, "The square root of possible is in me," and I was like, "Ah, that's a little bit better." Yeah, the square right. root of possible is in me. That means you know, like you know. Uh, somewhere inside me is like this magic that I can that I can craft. It is me. Doesn't it, it? Just like it just feels weird. It feels clunky. Um, but man, she sings uh, the heck out of it, though. She does. You know, she was killing that. Um, this is one of the better debut performances that I've seen in a little while. Um, so uh, full credit to her to, on, on the performance. I'm trying to find the lyrics to that song real quick while we're here. Oh, there is something about just because I'm small, it doesn't mean I can't kiss the clouds or something like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll overcome my obstacles. But if you think about it, listen, there's messages all over this place, boys. Oh, yeah. yeah. This song itself, get ready, because they talk about how, like, in order to believe, 
It was what makes Buddy 3000 work, right? Well, Geronicus doesn't believe until the granddaughter shows up and then he believes thus becoming possible for Buddy to work. I'm trying to connect everything here. Yeah, yeah. So the square root of possible is indeed her. Well, and, and, and part of the charm of this movie is there's all sorts of uh, mathematical nonsense that they'll yes, they, they talk was, about, I, you know? It, the like, whole thing is math, kind of. I mean, yeah. she draws yeah. formulas in her head. He mm. draws them on windows and stuff. And so, like, the idea of, of there being a square root of possible is nonsense yeah. itself. <laughs> well, and they talk about, like, the derivative of spectacular and the, you know, the... the, the 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 inverse of revolutionary and stuff like that is just kind of like uh, if math and like uh, I don't even know what you would say like you combine like math with just like words that mean things you know just like put them together it's it's fun and that's part of the charm is there's a little bit of like you know it doesn't make sense but it's not supposed to make sense because we're talking about magic at the end of the well day. and it's all just whimsical word yeah it is yeah, it's yeah, whimsical. whimsical nonsense so it's just funny but I do like the fact funny. that what this movie does is it really um, normalizes and inspires and encourages uh, STEM. And, oh, yeah, and, anyway, and yeah, like yeah. people who, she says something like she likes to stay inside and do math equations yeah, because that's fun that. for her. And that should be encouraged, David, if people want to do math equations. No, 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 no. I'll explain what I mean by okay. that problem with that. Um, and then a lot of uh, young girl empowerment was really great. Uh, mm -hmm. The fact that it was people of color in all of these positions is a really inspiring and powerful thing to see. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that uh, just all of it put together was really good. And just to add a few layers to uh, Edison, while I agree he's mostly just there for a ride along, he does provide a good counterpoint to Gus, who was also in a very similar position mm -hmm. as an apprentice to Geronicus, who really believed in him when Geronicus believed in himself, um, whereas Gus believes, or um, Edison believes in Geronicus when Geronicus doesn't believe in himself. And so, but yeah. they're both put in like positions where they could turn. And while one chooses to, one is forced to do so. And I think that it's just a nice little counterbalance to, to that situation, but mostly he's just there for the ride along. And then if we're gonna compliment songs, I wanna throw uh, props to Marshall Wallace for Miles and Miles because that one's fun. Miles and miles. Yeah. Oh, that is yeah. the sultry one where she's singing to uh, Jerry. Oh, right? yeah, 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 yeah. You know what? Nobody needed, and no one has complimented yet or even mentioned. I was going to get about this to come next. Uh, anything about Ricky Martin's character? He's really? honestly kind of forgettable. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, and his song like, is was not very uh, memorable. No. Um, yeah. Well, I'll he's say like this. he's like an, he's like a less annoying. Iago to Jafar. Yeah. I'll say this. I think Ricky did fine. Yeah. I think the animation for uh, Diego, uh, what was it? Don Juan, Don Juan Diego. Diego. Don Juan Diego, I think. I thought that that was really cool. I thought they did a really neat job. I yeah, like the, the cool. moment where he kind of pulls his hair back and you can see he the is, clockwork yeah. in his head. That was a really cool effect or cool, uh, cool shot. That said, like you said, Garrett, he is forgettable compared to all the other elements of the movie because. Mm -hmm every other performance is so strong and the message of the movie kind of like forgets about him really. Like even like when he's at the end and he's like sitting there, a talking toy behind Geronica or behind Gustafsson. Gustafsson. Is that how they say it? Gustafson. 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 Like nobody's reacting to him. It's like nobody else acknowledges that there's a talking toy in the room. 
So he all, so even like even the characters in the movie find him forgettable. Like yeah. Dronicus picks him up and goes, I'm gonna reprogram him, right? And yeah. then he takes off, and then that's the end of you see of him. We really don't see much else. I mean, there's a little stuff in the credits of yeah. uh, new of like you know in puppet form, mm-hmm. but it's like that's like it's unfortunate because I feel like he's the real villain of the movie, and his comeuppance is so like understated. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, it's kind of a shame because I feel like that's an element they could have really drawn more on is uh, his impact on the characters and what he was really capable of. That's true. If it weren't for that evil little toy, Gustafson may not have turned at all. Probably yeah. wouldn't. Um, and then his, that's like the entire purpose he serves. <laughs> it's kind of taken care of in the very beginning. Um, Andrew, did you love Ricky Martin? Did he make you live La Vida Loca? You know, after a while, I just, I just <laughs> kind of, <laughs> after a while, I just kind of forgot about him. You know, he's like, not. He's not worth he, having. I didn't. I didn't really care. Like it, mm-hmm. it's. It's like he. You know. Oh, I, and, and I. I didn't even know that was Ricky Martin until I saw the credits, because like, I, I just. I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, that was Ricky Martin. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Me to Elka. All right, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, what what else? What else? Yeah. You know. It, yeah. I mean, uh, really, I just. I just didn't care about about Ricky Martin, but I will say this, if I do have any criticism at all about this movie, I didn't really care. I thought the ending was kind of predictable. I really did. Cause like when, when the grandmother reveals herself to be journey, Mm -hmm. I'm like, you you could see that from a mile away. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean it, cause like when she's reading and she, she's reading the story She's reading the story and she's like, I've never told this to anyone. And then all of a sudden, like she says, Journey is me. Oh. Yeah. I don't think it's meant to be some grand twist, honestly. One of the things that we didn't cover in our Christmas debate thing is tropes. And this movie is a trope. I mean, it hits all the like Christmas tropes of everything is, yes, it's predictable. Yes, the family is unhappily ever after all of this stuff. But it is excusable because of the fact that it is a Christmas movie. You can watch those and go, yeah, it's all going to end happily ever after. But what, do I want a Christmas movie where everybody dies in the end yeah. that isn't an action movie? No, I don't want that. I want this. So it's okay. Yeah, it wasn't going to like, you would be weirded out if she, at the end, she said her name was like Maria. Yeah. Okay, it wasn't going to happen. Of course it was Journey. Or you're thinking, well, it's either Journey or it's Jessica, right? Yeah. That, was, that was the mom's name one of those two right and of course it's journey well and my think my first Italy. thought was when she revealed the whole thing it was like go look at the kingdom it was like have y'all never been to this house or is the yeah i know that's what I, said. I was thinking that's like, another I was, thing i was like, thinking how do these kids not know that they are yeah, have you the just wealthiest never come family to in town yeah. and of and course I, is that geronicus's workshop now it's like yeah he's your great 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 grandfather how do you right. and you're, like you're 12 how do you not know this already and like you know? it's like the, the like Geronicus's factory is like a tiny city. It's yeah. like right. It's like how can you miss that? I know. I mean, it's like it's a, you know, it's like La Bamba big. Yeah, it's like it's like the first ten years of your life you just spent the other time like looking away, and then yeah. all of a there's, sudden. Just, uh, anyway, there's but a lot of, of questions I mean, about you know, the. Rashad, she's like, come with me. I'll show you. Yeah. You know this. Uh, there's a lot of questions I have about the logistics of the whole thing. Like, it, so she's Journey, yeah. and this is still 
the Jangle Toy Factory, is it no longer in the family? Yeah, that's it. Because that's the implication, that it's no longer in the family, because how else would the kids not know about it? Exactly. And if it's not, why is it not still in the family? And two, has Journey just been waiting for this particular day to fly again? Three, can anybody fly? (laughs) Or is it just like... And they've never seen Buddy before. Only some of them can fly. Like, can anyone in this city fly if they yeah. believe hard enough? With because a, with a buddy. going back to the, the uh, Diego thing where he's this, you know, sentient toy. There's a lot of really magical things that happen in the movie that no one reacts to in a really shocked way. Um, you know, Edison is a tiny bit surprised that he can fly, <laughs> but <laughs> not a lot. Not a lot. Not he's enough. cool with it. And yeah. so... No, and, and yeah, no one was surprised that the toy is alive. But like, um, Gustafson builds a helicopter and the city loses its fucking mind. <laughs> they all need to buy this <laughs> helicopter toy. Yeah, I know. So there's a lot of goofy things like that that I just, I just want to talk to someone about. Yeah, and, and while we're on, while we're on uh, nitpicks that are totally nitpicks that actually have no bearing in reality, I'm just yeah, going to put yeah. this out there. It annoyed me. Garrett, the whole thing about her being in her room doing math all the time. You want to know why? Why? Her big opening number, right? And ladies and gentlemen, Journey, right? She sings about how she doesn't go outside, she doesn't play, she doesn't make friends, she stays inside, does math all the time. How does she know how to roll a snowball and start a snowball fight? Why is she the one bringing childhood laughter to Geronicus? This girl has no friends. She does not play. She should be like, a snowball what do you even do with it and edison should be the one going you throw it and teaching both of them how to be how to have fun again it didn't make a lick of sense i was saying okay that's dumb that would have given edison a little more to do exactly he has to be the child because neither of these people these people these two people are both shut-ins who do nothing but nonsense math all day uh you know, so, speaking, okay, so, so speaking of nonsense math, I want to dive deep into the functionality of Buddy 3000, can we? So, yeah, or Roberto, as I was calling him for the, a lot of what, the movie. Anybody watch they, Futurama? <laughs> he looked like they, Roberto the murder robot. Tell me he doesn't. What we come <laughs> to learn is that what was needed to get Buddy 3000 to work is just the belief. Just belief, oh. essentially. There's, math, there's nonsense mathematical things there, but that's what it boiled down to is belief. There was some private emotion that you needed, yeah. yeah. So my question is, does anything actually work mathematically or scientifically, or is it all magic-based? Because, like, here's the thing. Well, here's the thing. I, as the inventor of Buddy 3000, know that if I believe in this thing, it will work. But it doesn't mean it actually works. It just means, like, because as you see throughout the movie, when when Journey and Ellie, or Edison... I keep wanting to call him Elliot so much. When Journey and Edison are there, they believe really, really hard and, and they're flying, and they're crazy. And then Geronicus, who doesn't believe in anything, the whole Let's thing believe. shuts down. So mm-hmm. will it not work if someone doesn't believe more than you do believe? I know. that's parent, It seems to be the indication because he says, less belief detected. And he starts floating down. And they're like, he was flying. And Geronicus is like, I don't care. Like, it's just a... Uh, a, a weird combination of mechanics and magic that come together. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to, you know, it's hard to really explain. Steampunk. Yeah. You can't it's, explain uh, Christmas magic. 
mystical steampunk. Andrew, did you have any nitpicks with the mathematical formulas or anything else? Yeah. I mean, you just love this movie so much it blew your socks off. Yeah. Okay. Maybe you want to shake your bonbon. It made me want to <laughs> shake my bonbon. And I was living La Vida Loca there for, uh, for about we two hours. No one talks about shake your bonbon enough. <laughs> How do we always go to live in La Vida Loca? Shake your bonbon is way better. Well, I mean, yeah, like, yeah. La Vida Loca is like the first one he's known for. But, uh, canceled. When it comes to the mathematical equations, I'm just, I'm just like, I'm not a math guy. So, fair. Fair, man. I mean, you know. Fair enough, man. I mean, I don't really understand. Fair enough. No. You give me a math equation, it can be two plus believe is 42. I believe it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. root of possible is me. Yeah. <laughs> it's from the man who, like, you're all about, like, does math, math doesn't factor into your photography in any way. You're not looking, uh, I mean, you're kinda, not looking at aspect ratios, angles. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, I, I, tell, I tell the students that I work with about the golden ratio, mm-hmm. and that, that in itself is a mathematical equation. It, it's, yeah. it, it, it's long. But like I don't I don't provide the math, I just provide the model. But like uh I want that on a t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I mean this man did math to like turn the snowball into a magic bullet and yeah. sling it off. I mean, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, hit her true. in the back hit her in the back of the head from the other way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey boomerang the snowball. Yeah. It was fantastic. <laughs> it was fantastic. It was amazing. But like but but like uh, other than that, like I was just kind of like, kind of enraptured in all of it, and like the fantasy element. And I thought, mm-hmm. I thought everything that they incorporated in it was incredibly well. And um, I just, I just find found myself not be not being able to look away. It was just a really just a, a fine experience. It was a fine film, and yeah. it's definitely. It's definitely, if I had to say anything at all, it's definitely the movie that 2020 needed. Wow. High praise from Andrew. High praise from Andrew. You know what? I I don't disagree to an extent. I was very, I very much enjoyed myself. I feel like Josh can attest. We watched it together at the, at our dwelling. And I was like throwing up in in the air, just screaming, hollering. I was just having all kinds of fun. It was very uh, invigorating with Christmas spirit and magic. I drank hot chocolate. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's really at the at its core, um, below beneath all the stuff that we kind of had fun with the the things we were kind of uh, uh, getting some laughs out of. So it's a family movie. It's about the importance of family. You know, you have the main character. You have uh, uh, Geronicus um, breaking down at the end with his daughter. You know, oh, he God. basically says uh, the best thing about me is you, and uh, really just gets to the core of the subject, which is, you know, not shutting yourself out to the world. You know, nobody wants to be lonely and we, we need that level of, (laughs) we need that level of messaging today about not shutting yourself off, you know, Mm -hmm. um, reaching out. Great message while people are quarantined. Yeah. 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 You know, it's okay. Stop shutting yourself in. Yeah. It's okay to be, it's okay. It's okay to be separate. Just don't let yourself yeah. be cut off. You know, it's great. You know, well, he goes through so much loss at once that it sends him into isolation. Oh and my God. You're when, exactly right. It's not his, good to do that. When his wife unexpectedly died, 
knife right in the heart. I was killed. I know she's all he, she's yeah. all he ever had. Oh but your God. brain tells you, and your heart tells you that when you lose like that, you have to never experience. I don't want to ever experience that again. So I'll just shut myself in and not try. And so it's a very good lesson in getting back up after you've fallen down. If there is anything I want to know about this movie, I want to know what the budget was. $4. Might be able to find that for you. Hang on. At minimum. At minimum, $4, Andrew. (laughs) At At maximum, $4 billion. (laughs) And maximum, uh, I'm gonna say it's in the range of like 10 million, 25 million dollars. Yeah, I mean, Netflix, uh, they don't usually go super high, but their pockets are also unlimited. That's true, they do, and they have made a mark at making Christmas movies, so maybe this is like a big Christmas. Well, I mean, they've got Christmas Chronicles 2 out, but yeah, I wonder if Chris, I wonder if Christmas movies are kind of like Halloween movies, they're kind of like for the most part low budget but uh, high reward. Yeah, that's Um, true. My my only thing, I mean, I was going to say something to that too. What you just said just a second ago, Garrett. Uh, Netflix is killing it with the Christmas movies, like because yeah. in twenty eighteen yeah. they had Christmas Chronicles, in twenty nineteen they had Claws, mm-hmm. and this year. Well, they have a whole lot more than that. Well, I'm pretty I mean, sure their whole they, thing is to compete with Hallmark, honestly. But, but yeah, but what, this what isn't I'm even like they're only this is maybe this year. Yeah, but like what I'm just saying is, is that like. They've put out some like really enjoyable Christmas movies, like like real quality stuff. I could have picked the Princess Switch switched again. (laughs) I haven't seen the first one. I'd make you watch the second. (laughs) Here's here's what happened in the first one. She switched. (laughs) Now there's a third Ah, one. Who'd have thunk it? Now there's more. Man, switch back. They just living a lie. No, they switched between three of them. Now there's a third one. She's even more of a bad girl. You mean they're living La Vida Loca? Oh my Stop. God! You just using the same one every time. Nailed it. You got to be Nailed like me and use several as quick as secretly as you can. Yeah, he snuck like five in that you guys haven't caught. Yeah. <clears throat> um. You can't I don't even know what that means. <laughs> well, there's right. no uh, box office to talk about this movie. No, there ain't. It's a Netflix movie. So we will unfortunately have to skip over David's box office number report yeah. um, for this Ooh. week, but that's okay. That's he has okay. Photo his own. Okay. <laughs> I mean, Fair enough. Oh, um, well. So we will go straight into the letterbox game, which I'm going to run this week as the uh, supreme leader of the board um, yeah. and the winner of last week's game. That's true. Um, we're going to get uh, on Letterboxd, and the other guys here are going to guess what they think the average score of the movie is um, from all of the users who have rated it so far in Letterboxd. So who wants to go? Well, I guess who? I guess Andrew's still the loser, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Andrew, ca- technically, Andrew has to go first he, again. Even if he gets it right, there's not going to be much much to win here. But go for so it. so yeah, on a zero to five scale, where where do you think this movie is going to land for Letterboxd? A zero to five scale. Yeah, sure. I would go with three point seven. Okay, we got a three seven. We got a three seven. Three 
Oh gosh, I think it's gonna be a little. I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna go three three. Early three seven three 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 seven three three. Early in its release right now. It's fairly early. I can't. I, uh, right. I, actually, I won't say this because two of you have already guessed. It wouldn't be fair. Never mind. Um, and I I know that um, some other sites have given it high ratings or high. Regard. So I'm going to say, I'm just going to say that it right now, it's at a 4.0. Mm, that may okay, drag down okay. over time. It's still, yep. it's, it's only mm-hmm, been out for fine. a few weeks. Yeah, I didn't think about that. I didn't think we about that. We got a 3.7, a 3.3. I can three, see it settling three. at 3.3. Yeah, and play. a 4.0. Um, this is, so it is fairly early in release, meaning that it has got a fairly low amount. It's got 5,264 ratings, mm-hmm. which is, you know, a lot of, some especially the older movies we've done can have up into the 100 plus thousand ratings. Oh yeah yeah. So this is very very early very low. The the score is actually no one got it uh dead on. And everyone went too high. Oh no. Um, <clears throat> but not but not by far. So the winner naturally would have to be Garrett because he went the lowest. Uh mm-hmm. the the uh the exact we score go, Garrett. is uh 3.1. Mm. Three point hmm. one two to be exact. Wow. Okay. Some uh, let's see what some of the popular reviews here say. Oh, the most popular review says that first song screamed the greatest showman. Oh, yeah. The second most popular review says the square root of po- of impossible is possible. Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> and. Listen, I genuinely like this film and thought it was very solid family holiday flick with music that's better than its counterparts, but why does Forrest Whitaker have to have an awful accent in every film he's in? Well, so, okay, I want to piggyback off that because I didn't bring it up. I said something about, like, why does he have an American accent? But it does change throughout the movie. Sometimes he's a very, very, very from New York. And And sometimes he's just normal Forrest Whitaker, but sometimes he gets his deep. New York accent in there, it just pops up for a hot second, and I notice it every time. A little, it's it's a little inconsistent at times, or at least yeah. it seems. Maybe it's the difference between him whispering and him yelling. Because yeah. early on in the movie, all he did was go. Oh, say my name. <laughs> like <he's barely laughs> I will, I will wrap this with my favorite review that just says, "The greatest snowman." <laughs> <laughs> I got to the audience. Oh boy, that's good. That's good. So there's that. Three point one in Letterbox. Where? How are we each going to rank this movie or rate it? I'll start off. It's a. I'm going to give it a three point five. Uh, okay. I kind of looked back at last year because I wanted to think like, well, what did we review last year? And the new movie review last year was Noel. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of a new Christmas movie, and I, I think this might be a little better than Noel, but I don't know if it's a full. I, I don't know if I would go if I would give it a four personally. So I'll just give it a four, three and a half. Okay, we got a three and a half. I would also give it a three and a half. Okay. <laughs> wow. G- Garrett? <laughs> I'm not, I don't think I'm going to be where you're at, but I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to give it a four and four. I'm going to give it a four. Okay. And I'm going to give it a four and a half 
which is interesting considering that you were far more into it than I was. Well, so this conversation has kind of- Far more. So it, to be fair, I haven't seen The Greatest Showman. So I, if, if the music really is that similar, then how excited everybody was for The Greatest Showman is how excited I am for this because I haven't mm. seen it. Mm. So uh, I was getting punched in the gut by all of that. And then I think that as we talk some of the story elements, even though it is a little Christmassy and, and that's totally fine, just takes a little bit of a knock in an overall rating. Mm-hmm. You're going to knock the Christmas movie for being Christmassy? <laughs> on Did I a, hear that right? That sounded like an Andrewism. On a film Crank rating scale. Too much action. On a film rating scale. Yeah. Well, you know what they say. Uh, the Christmas genre doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a Christmas movie? Yes. Is it Christmas theme? No. No way. I got that backwards. Sorry. You got it backwards. That's fine. Whatever. It's fine. So um, the but final yeah, score... Sorry. The um, final hey, score for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> oh, nice. That was uh, several weeks Still ago. Still out of the running, right? I can't win. Um, yeah, because you're going to be running it next week. Yeah. So, Unless Andrew runs it, Andrew can't win. Yeah, we just let Andrew run it for the last two weeks. and then He's he- good with it. Uh, but we only got two weeks left, so no. Because mm. the best you can do is get up to 11. Darn. Okay. <laughs> I can Our- tie and then we have to go to some kind of tiebreaker. <clears throat> Our collective score is a 4.0, rounded up from 3.87. Okay. So that's where that's we will best. land. Go follow so many sequels on Letterboxd. Mm-hmm. Follow all of us individually. You can find everyone except Garrett, who refused to say his name. <laughs> um, thinky, thinky. But the rest of us are, are on there. Um, yeah, just search my name, David Proc. At David Proc, you'll find me. That wraps up this episode of the show we will be back next week with garrett's pick which santa is going to deliver in some kind of form and we will be sure to share a video of the big reveal on our social media channels so subscribe to our youtube channel if you haven't done that yet and follow us on facebook instagram and twitter just search so many sequels on all of those platforms and we will have that video up there for you to enjoy um that's it for us after that we will have andrew's christmas pick to wrap it up and then we will um go into probably our end of the year finale recap where we will revisit our most anticipated movies of 2020 which would be a lot of fun um Honestly, that's probably going to be most of the show, but that's fine. Uh, maybe we'll talk about our favorite movies that did come out as well. So yeah. look, look forward about to what that. Did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we will all hope and um, do whatever kind of like voodoo rain dance we have to do to make sure that next year is better for everybody. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Um, okay. That's it. Find us online. Subscribe, share with your friends, leave us a rating and review on the Apple Podcasts app. If you haven't done that, if you use that one, hit us, hit 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 that five star. You want to hit the five? Yeah, yeah, five stars. Um, so we'll see you next time. Hope everyone's having a uh, as good of a of a Merry Christmas season as possible during these trying times, as the commercials say. Yep. Bye bye. Adios. Another song. <laughs>